Good morning, everyone. This is Betty Wells at Abiding Life Studios, and today we're in Colorado Springs. I am in the company of Noah Wells and Steve Reinhard, and we're very privileged to have as our guest today Pastor Adhikari from Nepal, and he's been visiting us for the last few days, and now we get to hear some of his stories on a podcast. We're just very excited to have him. And by way of introduction, Pastor Adhikari is the purpose and the reason why Mike Wells got to minister in Nepal was through a friend in Oklahoma introducing them. And Pastor Adhikari and Mike traveled all around Nepal. Pastor Adhikari was so good taking Mike to the villages and the cities. They got to minister a lot together uh, during several different trips. And Mike was even privileged to be able to uh, join in on the ordination of Pastor Adhikari one time. It was just a thrill and a blessing. And the very fact that Pastor Adhikari is in Nepal and his wife is a huge blessing to the people in Nepal because they bring the light of Christ where they are and through their ministry. And Pastor Adhikari travels to among the different churches and speaks and evangelizes. It's just such a, a treat and a privilege to have a brother in Christ like that. And we're happy to introduce him today. And he is going to be telling us his stories. And Steve is going to be asking him some questions. All right. Thank you, Betty. Mm-hmm. That's that's really great. And, and uh, it is such a a wonderful blessing to be here together uh, mm-hmm. right in the presence of the Lord and have him uh, live and speak through us. And, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, and Pastor Adhikari, is, uh, his first name is Asak. And uh, we, always t- we always mispronounce it, but we're happy to, that you're here, Asak, and, and look forward to just sharing your heart with us and the people that will be hearing this podcast uh, around the world. So... What would you like to share with us today? Uh, thank you, uh, Betty. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Noah, for giving me this uh, great opportunity uh, to share about the ministry and how I met Mike. And it was, a, you know, the amazing, uh, you know, the uh, friendship we had with uh, Dr. Mike. He was an amazing guy uh, for my life. And he was he's my he was my mentor as well and my leader as well. As Betty already mentioned that uh, when Mike first time he visited Nepal, uh, that time I met him in Nepal and I got a privilege to be ordained um, by his hand. And uh, when Mike was uh, visiting Nepal that time. Nepal was suffering and going through the civil war. Uh, a lot of churches were destroyed by the opposition Maoist. And uh, also the government army would come in the remote villages and took, uh, take shelter in the churches. And from the both sides, the churches and pastors and leaders, they were very much tortured. At that time, all the pastors and leaders and believers, they were in a very much depressed situation. 
And uh, when it was a great blessing for Mike to visit there, and God had sent him to Nepal. And we uh, prayed together, and we make a uh, plan together to organize uh, counseling uh, seminars in Nepal. And uh, we did that from eastern part to far west, north to south, everywhere we visited. And those days, the situation, security situation, was not good at all. But all the time, we depended on God's and and we traveled and we work. Uh, an amazing ministry we did, and still now, after many years, uh, whenever I visit east and west, north and south, all the pastors and leaders they talked and they prayed uh, about that ministry in that you know the very dark time and difficult time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this way, our ministry journey uh, started, and it went very, very well. Yeah, that was those were those were really tough times. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I remember. Um, it's it's hard to believe that the the roads were mined, uh, the, the Maoist and the government both were mining and bombing, and you and Mike were out um, uh, teaching folks how to be how to counsel yeah and uh pointing people to christ uh, even in the middle of uh, the civil war and it's kind of embarrassing to admit but as i remember the first time i was with you and mike we were driving down through the road and they all had everyone had guns everyone had had were minding the road and i looked over at mike and i said mike something's wrong with his picture he, he says the mouse have guns and the Nepali army has guns and the only people that don't have guns is us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, well, we're here to preach the gospel and not kill people. <laughs> yeah, that, that civil war that uh, went on until for 15 years and more than 20,000 people died. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, the countless people, they were injured. And still the situation, you know, of those people and those family is in the very pathetic situation. Mm. Well, so, so um, you know, we, you have so many amazing different stories, Asaka. I was wondering if you could um, just tell us um, uh, how, you, how you came to know the Lord. You were raised as a, <clears throat> in a Brahmin family, is that right? Yeah, I am from a Brahmin family. I believed in Christ. I must be the first fruit. Uh, from the eastern part of Nepal, from the Brahman family, and also from the eastern part of Nepal. Mm. Uh, yeah, I born and grew up in the very remote uh, village, and uh, in my village there were no hospital and no road access until then. And all people have to uh, believe on which doctor, and which doctor were the people, you know, to control. Uh, the whole region and whole village and families and all for all the things you know whenever uh, people uh, get sick they have to go to the witch doctor and uh, devil would work in each and every family very powerfully there and uh, each and every night you know the witch doctor has to be all the time stand by to go here and there and to satisfy the devil and to save the life of people Mainly to satisfy the devil, they had to give a lot of blood sacrifice. So can uh, can I ask a quick question? Yes, sir. So when uh, so when you say the devil was working, was it like people were becoming sick or ill, or were they being oppressed, or? 
yeah all thing all thing it would happen you know mm-hmm. in some of the most of the family there would have been a you know they would suffer by sicknesses mm-hmm. uh f- you know fen- f- fainting you know and mm-hmm. uh, different types of sicknesses mm-hmm. you know fever mm-hmm. and devil possess you know mm-hmm. like uh, controlling by the another spirit oh, okay yeah those are the thing would happen there and uh, when i was 11 years old that time our family also had to bear that big um, devil attack in our family and uh, my parents they called uh, witch doctor to satisfy that devil but the devil was very powerful and through the de- uh, witch doctor the devil began to speak and that said uh, without taking a blood sacrifice of one son from this family i would be satisfied mm-hmm. but to satisfy that devil my parents they gave many many blood sacrifice every night in our family and uh, devil but the, you know the problem was devil couldn't be satisfied and it remained until for whole one year continue my parents they did uh, their best effort you know to save the life of a uh, family member and we were three sons in the family and my two brothers i'm the middle brother in the family my two brother uh, they were quite uh, physically strong but i was quite weak and one day i thought that i must uh, run out from home because at the night time too i couldn't sleep because uh, you know all the time i would think that what time the devil comes and that takes my sacrifice mm. i had already stopped going to school i thought that if the devil takes my sacrifice then why should i go to school mm. and at the night time it would be very hard for me to sleep and uh, you know it went such a very you know the many many um, month you know weeks almost one year and at the end i began to pray to god unknown god and i with my heart i began to say in the middle na- mid, you know middle of the night lord if you are any living god please come to me and re- you rescue me from this dark situation unfair situation and from this very de- desperate situation and it was amazing god you know jesus was the living god he opened the door for me to run out from home and uh, one day i ran out from home and you know it kathmandu city was quite far from my village and i ran from home and i went to the i walked a couple of hour i reached to the bus station and i travel to Kathmandu and, and how old were you about uh, then that time i was a 12 years old 12 years old yeah mm-hmm. 11 years old you know the whole year you know the whole year i st- i had a great struggle with the devil and uh, you know the when i reached to Kathmandu by 36 years um bus drive and from the very moment that i got up from the bus i became you know a kind of a street boy mm. vulnerable boy in that big city none of the people were known for me but all the time i thought that if i go back to home that devil will kill me so i should not go that was you know the, my heart and my mind that would tell me all the time and i didn't think to go back home but to do all the struggle in that big city mm. and i did my best you know visiting different tea shops and different families you know t- in seeking the job but i had no job in that big city and uh, but one day i met one family and uh, in those days all the churches uh, churches were undergrounded still the churches in nepal those are in you know the, that are in undergrounded 
I met one family and they said, we have no job to give you, but we have something to give you. And I asked them, what is that? They said, Jesus. And when they said Jesus, then I thought that Jesus must be the big businessman. Mm-hmm. He has a many farm, big factories, and mm-hmm. he needs a lot of worker. And I became very you know, eager to go and to meet Jesus. <laughs> and they said, well, uh, we will go to church on Saturday. Therefore, Saturday morning you have to come to us and we will get you there. I visited them on Saturday morning and they took me to the church. And you know, when I reached the church and I just, you know, entered from the main church door, suddenly I found my life is different. I felt that, you know, all the bondage and all the burden, whatever I had, broke off. And my life became so, you know, light and I felt like I'm a cotton flying uh, on the air mm. and I couldn't believe that what had happened to me there and uh, I attended the service and it was an amazing service and all the time the Spirit of God was working in my heart. I've got joy, I've got happiness and I've got victory and all those things i had experienced there. And when the church service has been over then I ran out from the church you know before other people they ran out from there because my situation was not good at all and I mm, afraid if anybody asks about me and my situation and I got one small booklet and I took that with me and I took that in my place and I read that my heart was so thirsty until then you know that small booklet nearly more than 20 times I read in that night Mm. and until 2 o'clock I read that and at the end I believed Jesus as Lord and Savior. Mm. As soon as I believe in Lord, uh, I believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, my completely my life and everything has been changed. I couldn't control the peace, happiness and joy in uh, you know within me and I began to jump, cry and uh, I began to praise the Lord. Mm. That had happened and uh, I thought that this is the joy I should not uh, control within me and I need to share this to my family. And uh, right there I wrote one letter to my family and I said that, uh, you know, what I mentioned there is uh, I afraid with the devil which is working in our family. So I ran out from home. I'm in Kathmandu. And the good news is I believed in Jesus. And when I believed in Jesus, all my burden, all my fear, all my anxieties, that gone. So all we need to believe in Jesus. I also suggest you to believe in Jesus. But the whole reason in the eastern part was unreached and when my parents they got uh, that my letter and they went to the witch doctor and Hindu priest and they asked what is this Jesus because that 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 was the first time my parents had knew about Jesus and heard about Jesus you know and then they said well Nepal is a Hindu holy Hindu land and uh, yeah if anybody believes in another God they have to be in prison for six years and uh, if anybody, uh, I mean the Christian people, they eat cow and cow is our God. Anybody kills cow in this country, he has to be in prison for another 10 years. So your son will be uh, in, in, the prison, in the prison for 16 years. And also they threaten them saying that if your son comes back to your family, then your family will be untouchable. My parents become very angry with me.
Wow. And uh, it became very hard then, you know, to establish a relationship with my family. It was the thing had happened. And uh, now after believing in Jesus, you know, as a vulnerable boy from one corner to another corner on the street when I would go, you know, to seek my, uh, my life there, you know, um, in seeking the job, uh, I began to pray to the Lord, Lord, you provide me one job here. All the time I cried out to the Lord and Lord became so faithful to me because he never provided me job but he offered me one uh, seat in one orphanage home I uh, and then I admitted there as an orphan boy and I started my school life there again from class 6 so these are the mm, uh, you know the price I had to pay for my faith but the I'm very much grateful to God that uh, I prayed for my family very long time you know continue I loved my family whereas I was uh, you know far from the home and uh, I was uh, almost boycotted from the family because of my faith I continue prayed and the Lord uh, revealed uh, Lord's will has been revealed in my family and one by another our family member came to Christ and my dad my mom they believed in Christ at the end in the age of 60 years and they mm. both been baptized mm. so it's a very big family they came to Christ and also in our uh, village and in my birth birthplace you know and in the region we planted the church and churches are running very well there so this uh, so such a thing had happened in my life and I'm very much grateful to God that you know, the problem was there, and through that problem, a lot of blessing came at the end. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and the, one of the things that, um, <clears throat> that that surprises me in that story is the the same witch doctor that was in charge of the whole region who was recommending to your parents that they they sacrifice you Yeah. Uh, at, at the end. Could you tell us about what happened with him? Oh, he was a very uh, big, uh, he would call very, you know, the prominent and big uh, witch doctor. And uh, he was in our village. And he was not uh, prominent only for our village, but for our whole region. Mm. And sometimes he would visit to India, Myanmar, and uh, other countries like uh, Bhutan. Mm. He was quite popular there as well. And he would play all the black magics as well. So the whole reason, or I have to say that, you know, the whole reason was under control of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I believed in Christ, he was the one man who gave all the bad, you know, the impression to my family about my faith. And uh, not only my family, but also I began to pray for that man to be changed, you know, to uh, have an eternal life in his life. Mm-hmm. Because I strongly believe that uh, in prayer there is power. And if we continue prayer, the Lord will do the amazing miracle, uh, you know, as the result of our prayer. I pray to the Lord for that which doctor. I was praying, I was praying, and I was praying. And one day the Lord said, go and uh, share the good news to that which doctor. And I said to the Lord, Lord, that which doctor doesn't want to listen anything from me. He doesn't like to see in front of me. He all the time, he says to me that you are a criminal man. You had to be in prison. 
you destroy our religion you destroy our all things here and how can I go and share the good news to him and that day the Lord he told me that you need to go and without speaking a single word you need to share the gospel to that witch doctor and that was a you know the amazing thing for me how can I share gospel without speaking a word yeah and the Lord said go and I will show you there Mm-hmm. And it was the calling of God, and uh, I had to go there. You know, it was about an 18 years drive. I did uh, it from Kathmandu to my hometown in East Nepal, and I met the that uh, with doctor. And as soon as I meet him, he became very wild and uh, very aggressive, and he said, "Why are you moving here? And why you came to my house? You are a criminal man. You had to be in prison. Already, you had to be died." why you are here, uh, why you dare to come in front of me. Like that, you know, he talked and I sit, uh, you know, beside him. And all the time I was praying in my heart and, and about one hour he continued, he rebuked me. Uh, he was very aggressive man. And I was just listening and I was praying. And I saw that in one corner of this house, one young Boy, he was just uh, watching all the thing, what was happening uh, between uh, his doctor and me. And that young boy was the youngest son of that uh, witch doctor. And he was the uh, gang's leader there, you know, gangsters were there and uh, he was the leader there. And uh, he was, uh, he himself later on, he gave me a witness that, that in, in that day he was the last days of, you know, his life in this world because he was a heavy drug user. And when with, uh, and and then also the, that boy was the one of the very big problem for his doctor. He would just to get money, he would beat the witch doctor at the night time and daytime. You know, he would break the house and everything in the house. You know, he would do such a, you know, the violation. You know, in the family, and he was a very big problem in the family for the witch doctor. You know, suddenly wo- the Lord worked in his life and. You know, the Spirit of God worked in his life and suddenly he got healing, you know, from all kind of uh, that uh, bad habits and uh, bad attitude and began to come to church. And uh, he began to come to church. Now, you know, the door has been opened for me for that uh, witch doctor's family because his youngest son, he came to Christ. And uh, after, you know, coming to Christ, his attitude, his behavior, everything has been changed and which doctor himself became so surprised. Mm. And he began to say, his son, that you need to go continue to church, you know. And whenever he would meet me, he would say that, please don't let my son go out from the church. All the time you keep him in the church. So in that way, the Lord, uh, you know, opened the door for me to go that family uh, but still the witch doctor was not uh, you know, in favor to have any Christian work and you know, church in his village. Uh, and uh, I was praying for him. You know, it, it took some you know, more years you know, to pray uh, for him. And one day again the Lord uh, said to me to go and preach the gospel for the witch doctor. And, uh, and uh, the Lord said that day, you know, in the, my second time, you need to go and you need to preach the gospel. You need to speak out the gospel to that witch doctor. 
and I went there I met his son he was grown up very well now he's working as assistant pastor in our church uh, in that town uh, he's a very good guy um, and uh, I went there and that day I had a very good conversation with him about about the faith about the religion and I shared him Jesus is the Lord and he said no Jesus is not the Lord he's the ghost your God is ghost because he died upon the cross and all the time he's on the cross and I said no no he rose up from the dead as well so he's a living God and uh, <coughs> you know there was a you know friendly you know argument we had there and at the end I said would you like to see uh, and would you like to have evidence that my Lord Jesus is alive God living God and he said can you show me that and I said yes that is why I'm here and he said well then show me and I'll see and then I said well you are with doctor so first to show Jesus you have to open your heart and for that I need to pray for you and uh, when I pray for you I need to lay my hand on you on your hand head and I need to pray for you and he agreed for that if evidence I will get then it is okay and he just gave his head to me and I laid my hand and I prayed you know I prayed and what I said is now your heart is heart, you, you, there is a, a, a hungerness and desire in your heart to see Jesus Jesus is coming you will see him you know that night we had a fellowship there and prayer there and I went to the another um, uh, you know the families to uh, you know the sleep and early morning tomorrow the witch doctor sent someone to call me I went there in his house and that time I saw that all were in a stony situation including witch doctor and I went there and I asked the family what happened why did you call me in such early morning and witch doctor said brother last night amazing thing happened in our family and I asked him what happened and he said, well, you prayed and you left our house and then we went on bed. And we were in uh, sound sleeping at the midnight. Suddenly the main door of our house broke off with a very loud noise. All we wake up, we terrified, we afraid, we thought that the rover came and that destroyed our, our house. And uh, which doctor also, he he looked at the door you know and then he saw that the flashlight there you know it was an off and on off and on like that situation and he said to the family uh, stop stop somebody's there and then I could see some flashing light there and then all they were watching at the door suddenly what happened is you know the cross came there with the light entered into that house and that began to move uh, to to fly from one corner to another corner you know and all they saw that and that began to rest one bed to another bed it became amazing thing for them and suddenly peace came there happiness came there in their family mm. and victory came there in their family and uh, and and he said because of that joy we couldn't sleep all night we are here we are we are in such a peace here. We are in such a happiness here. What, what is this? He asked me that morning. And I said, well, last night you had a thirsty to see Jesus. And in the midnight, Jesus visited you. 
And he said, well, now I believe that Jesus is a living God. Mm. And what he said is, brother, uh, I want to take baptism, but not right now. One day I will call you. And he said, and I said, well, that's good. You need to share this uh, testimony to other people as well and your fellow, uh, your witch doctors as well. And he agreed for that. And then uh, he said, I want to share this to all my family because my family is big. So not only me, I want to take baptism, all my family, we want to ba take baptism together. And uh, and I went back to Kathmandu and I was praying for that family. And after two months, he called me and he said, brother, now everything is fine here. Now you need to come to baptize us. And we visited there and we baptized. You know, uh, he, he uh, you know, the witch doctor, one of the greatest witch doctors in all his family, they have been baptized and all have been surprised by seeing that. So uh, when we believe and when we pray, the miracles happens there. So in my life, a lot of miracles happen, you know, 30 years I spent in the ministry. Each and every uh, step in my step, I have experienced such a miracle in my life. Mm. Yeah, this was the story. And uh, the man who had kicked off from the village, now he became a, you know, the, became a Christian. He, and he gave a testimony to all the people and he became the main source for our church growth there. It was an amazing, you know, blessing for me. Yeah, what a great story. Thanks for sharing that, and I, I'm always I'm always amazed at how the Lord used the uh, the very man that had suggested you be killed. Uh, in in a way, was responsible for the the greatest growth in the church in Nepal. Yeah, uh, because um, maybe maybe had he not done that, you would have stayed in eastern Nepal, and uh, but you you fled, you turned to Christ. And then uh, brought the love of Christ back to Eastern Nepal, and that's then that same man, uh, the same witch doctor, ended up turning, opening his heart to to Christ and to, and to you, mm -hmm. and and was uh, and I loved that I loved uh, how he how he believed, and gradually he came out and told everyone else he was a follower, but. It was a, what a great story. Thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. If I could interject just one thought here. has nothing to do with Pastor Adhikari, but every time I turn around lately, it seems like I'm hearing someone else in America trying to say that the church has to be protected from Eastern thought. It's just new legalism trying to settle in to the American church under the guise of protecting us from Eastern thought when, as Mike used to always say, the origin of, the origin of Christianity was in the East. It's an Eastern phenomenon. I hate to say religion, but uh, the, you know, the entire faith came, was born in the East. And Americans get that idea that the what is happening in the American church is the real faith and I just l think this that what Asak is sharing with us is so important for mm. Americans to hear and to get back out of their 
legalism and uh, and embrace the faith as it is expressed in other cultures besides ours and particularly in situations where there is opposition. I think it's just fascinating to hear what all the Lord does in those types of situations. Yeah, great point, Betty. That's really that's really so important because sometimes it seems like um, instead of, uh, especially here, uh, instead of uh, focusing on Christ or preaching Christ, we preach a culture and uh, not... Uh, that really doesn't have anything to do with him or the reality of the faith. It's uh, more of just our our culture, and that's what that's what's so uh, fun and exciting being with Asak and his family and all the believers. Like you said, to be able to go and experience that, um, and and I think that for me the opportunity I've had to just be there. It's almost like going back in time and seeing exactly what what you described as that eastern just a faith of people's hunger and desire uh, and their own faith to press on and follow christ and not uh, and they have they have their own culture too but it's uh, it's not doesn't seem like it's the preeminent thing that's being pushed so i'm glad you shared that that's really important noah you have any questions or comments uh yeah i i, I like how i i call you a as shock is that okay mm-hmm. yeah um in your story when you accepted christ i was listening and i love how christ just meets us where we're at and like you didn't come to christ reading the bible correct you came to christ or even seeking christ yeah or even seeking christ christ absolutely found him yeah, so it was fun to, for me to listen to you because it's like, oh, you have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. Yeah, and my experience is, you know, when I was in dark there, you know, dark atmosphere, dark situation, you know, our reason has not been reached with the gospel until then, you know. And that night, you know, when I was in desperate situation, I called out, if you are any living God, mm-hmm. please come to me and rescue me. Yeah. This was the prayer. I had got, you know, I had, I, I did in that day, and the living God was only Jesus. Yeah. And from that day, He just He round His arm in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I experienced that. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, that's a great point, Noah. That that He pursues us. Yeah. And He meets us right where He's at. Yeah, we're exactly. right where we're at, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're in a Hindu village in the eastern Nepal or here in Colorado or hitchhiking uh, in Oregon. Exactly, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 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 loves us and he pursues us and he's relentless in that pursuit of us. Yeah, and since he's a living God, he'll yeah come for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we do see that in the Western countries. You know, the people do most of the thing their self, but they don't let the Lord do the work in their life. There mm-hmm. is one small story. Uh, there is one, my uh, a disciple, his name is Sarkita Amang. He had to go to West Nepal to attend one conference. He had no money. And he took his way. He had been there. Somehow he, you know, the, he supplied, you know, one-way travel co- uh, pair to go there. And he had been 
you know, admitted in that seminar, it was such a blessing, you know, this uh, seminar he had. He had a lot of blessing there. And after three days, he had to go back home. And uh, he had no money. And what to do? All the participants, they went to the bus station to take the ticket for to go back uh, home tomorrow. And he has been in one corner of that, you know, training hall. And he began to cry to the Lord, Lord. My house is very far from here. I can't go uh, there back, uh, you know, by walking. And I have no single penny. What to do now? And uh, the Lord called him in the mid, uh, you know, the big city of that Pokhara. And he called him there, Sarki, my son, you come there. And he, di he didn't know, you know, the how to go there. He don't know about the direction. And he requested another Christian friend. Uh, could you please can you help me to go there and he his friends asks him why you want to go there and he says well i was praying to the lord when i was crying god is calling me there to go there and that is a new road it calls you know it, it is in the midst of the that business complex and all the big big markets are there thousands of people and vehicles they run there all the time and actually the lord had called him there and uh, you know the two guys they have been there and Sarki Tamang and his friend, they see the, uh, you know, the whole, uh, the road was, you know, covered with a bunch of money. And all the vehicles were run, running over the money, you know, and people were walking on money. You know, all things he saw there, you know, the whole uh, city was covered with the money. And, he ha and, and they have been wondering why the people are not picking up money. Because, you know, the, they were walking, you know on money but they are not picking up money <laughs> and the uh, sarki tamang he begins to pick and his friend also th they, they became ross you know to pick money up and then uh when sarki tamang he uh, picked money about 150 dollar and the lord asked him it is enough for you don't be greedy because 50 dollar uh, is enough for you to go back to your home and 100 rupees more you have already collected and his friend also, he collected $100. And they talked with his, each other and they said, Oh, God is telling us not to be greedy. And let's go back to the conference. And that evening they went there and they gave the witness with that money, you know, that mm -hmm. they had collected there. And uh, from this evidence, what uh, we could see is uh, when we start the ministry, when we start our life, we have to start with the faith. With the faith means not that the both way, uh, you know, the travel cost and all the thing we have and we have to go. But with the, you know, the zero we need to start, you know, with the scarcity we have to start. And, and then only the Lord, uh, you know, the gets the chance to work there, you know, to fulfill our need. That was the good, you know, the evidence we have and testimony we have. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And uh, Noah and I were talking about that yesterday, last night, actually, uh, uh, of uh, starting with scarcity. Mm -hmm. And in a, and in a way, we always end with scarcity because that's our weakness, and we you know I don't want to move away from my weakness. I want to be able to um, allow the Lord to continue to uh, be that strength in me through being through my weakness. Mm -hmm. And so so there's always a there's always a scarcity in that. I always need Christ. And I always want Him, and and I'm and I'm not. Uh, Sometimes I think there's a temptation for us, at least uh, for me, to be able to think, okay, I've got it all, and now I don't have any scarcity anymore. Yeah. And um, but 
but I, I kind of, in fact, I like that ability to be able to recognize that there's never a point in my life when I don't need Christ. Mm-hmm. There's, I always, I always need that. And I always want, uh, just like air, you know, he's my breath. He's my, he's my water. He's, and there's not a, there's never a point where I get to the point where, uh, I'm, I'm so strong that I don't need him. And I don't want to be that way. <laughs> no, and I think that's wonderful that the Lord does gear our lives toward that. We're always learning more faith. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that the scarcity at the beginning is so that we learn faith. We learn that he is our great provider mm-hmm. because we can't teach faith if we haven't learned faith. And it's a very important part of the process of bringing us along is to have that scarcity to learn faith yeah but again i do agree with you very much steve that there are other times in life when we have scarcity when we need that reminder that we're so dependent on christ we Mm. don't go chasing after anything but christ nothing Mm. else will satisfy but christ Mm -hmm. i'm still learning Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I'm still well, I'm still all, all, all we had learned. Yeah. Our whole lives till our last day, we we'll have to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, that's why I like hanging out with you, Betty, because your face so much better and greater than mine. I just like, wow, well, that's you just always so cool. say that, but it's, you're just blind to your own face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah. in Nepal, one of the fastest growing churches in the world that is in Nepal, whereas we have no freedom, you know, to share the gospel and. Uh, Nepali churches are almost in the underground, uh, you know, the stage because there is no any registration system yet from the mm-hmm. government side. Uh, but one of the fastest growing churches we have in the world these days. And some people, they ask me, what is the strength? And I used to tell them that uh, we, uh, our all the scarcity and all the need, uh, that is the strength. Mm. You know, we are in need, we are in scarcity, that why that is why we all the time we need to depend on God for the security, for the progress, for the prosperity, for the promotion, for everything we need to depend on God. So when there is a problem, there is God's presence as well. Mm-hmm. Mike, Ma- Mike very much, you know, the, he used to teach on that. That is true. Well, um... Thanks for sharing all that. Oh, my pl- my pleasure and my privilege. I have uh, hundreds and thousands of stories in my life. And next time, if I have a privilege, again, I want to share another stories. Well, in about five minutes, you're going to have that privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mm. so, so, Betty, was there anything you'd like to mm, close us off with? No, I'm just so grateful again to the Lord that we could all be together and mm. hear these things that have happened from the Lord in Asok's life. It's mm-hmm. thank just you great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank it's you great. so much. And I think it's so just, much. yeah, it's such a great reminder that we do have a living God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every right. story you told just said that, you know, and it was such a great reminder for me. So thank you for that. My pleasure. And thank you for listening, and we'll be back with part two. Thank you.